Fagnato. Bobby Orr. Behind the net to Sanderson. To Orr! Bobby Orr! Scores in the Boston Bruins! And won the Stanley Cup! And Bork with it now. Fires! Scores! Ray Bork off the faceoff! Drill it by Bratheon to make it 3-2. Quig Lucic. Top of the circle. Horton. The drive. Scores! The Bruins! Knock out the three What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Dump and Change. I'm your host, Matt Galveo, and we finally have Bruins hockey to talk about. The puck has finally dropped this season, um, not only on the Bruins, but on the NHL. We finally um, have almost a full week of games um, under the NHL belt. So uh, hockey is officially back, but most importantly, like I mentioned, the Bruins are back and Bruins hockey is back. So we got a couple of games to talk about um, so far this year. Um, so we can just uh, we'll get right into that and uh, then preview the West Coast swing that they're going to be on later on this week. So starting things off, the Bruins kicked off their season Wednesday uh, at TD Garden uh, for their home opener against the Blackhawks and Connor Bedard. Bedard mania in full swing. But before we get into Bedard and and, and all the the media hype and and everything surrounding Bedard and the Blackhawks, um, let's let's kick things off with with the opening night ceremony. Um, obviously, before the game, they had you know all these all the legends from Phil Esposito to Zdeno Chara to Patrice Bergeron to Ray Bork, um, Rick Middleton, you name it. Uh, David Krejci was even in the in the house as well. Um, you know, you name it, they had, um, you know, all the legends from, you know, all different uh, decades. So it was really cool uh, to see that they all came in through what was called, I believe, the gold carpet um, before the game. So it was cool to, to see them all come in, uh, interact with the fans um, as they headed into TD Garden uh, for the pregame ceremony. So um, that was pretty cool. I think the Bruins really nailed this. Um, I really think they did a good job with being able to um, you know, have that fan interaction before the game with all the legends uh, coming into the arena. But I think they really nailed um, the opening ceremony opening, you know, before puck drop that, that ceremony that they did, um, you know, opening up the centennial season and um, you know, having um, you know, all of those legends in the arena all at once from all different eras of, um, you know, of the Bruins. You had Willie O'Ree even to make an appearance, um, you know, uh, via video. Um, so that was really cool to have him in there, uh, have him part of it as well. Um, and just honoring all these different uh, eras that were in, you know, you had the, you know, 70s, you had Bobby Orr, you had Phil Esposito, you had guys like Rick Middleton, then you had, you know, the 80s where it was, you know, Ray Bork and Cam Neely. Um, and then you had, um, you know, even some of the, uh, you know, the more recent Bruins, like, uh, you know, you had Bergeron and Krejci and you had Sean Thornton and Tuca and, um, you know, all those guys come in. So it was really cool. And I think it was really special. 
um, to have all of that, um, you know, in, in that arena, uh, you know, all those guys uh, in at the same uh, at the same time. And I, I think I, I'm I'm super jealous. I know if you were at the arena for opening night, um, it must have been I mean, it was great to see it on TV, but it must have been even crazier in person. Um, and I think the Bruins just absolutely nailed, um, you know, that entire pregame ceremony out of the park. Um, you know, I really don't think you could have done a better job with that. So kudos to the Bruins, um, you know, and their staff and being able to pull that off. I thought they did an excellent, excellent job of, um, you know, uh, of having that pregame uh, ceremony and, and, you know, and just the way they did it was um, very cla- uh, classy and um, I think they nailed it and hit it out of the park. So if you were there, um, just know I am very jealous that you were there. Um, you know, I really wish that I could have, um, yeah, that I could have been there and, and, and enjoyed that. I'm sure there was a huge buzz in the arena, um, you know, just to have everyone there. So I think, um, you know, again, they nailed it, completely nailed it. So shout out to them and, uh, you know, a great way to, uh, to open it up, um, and open up the centennial season. So I thought they did an amazing job with that. Um, and so just getting, getting into it, um, you know, obviously the ceremony was great, but then, um, you know, the game itself, um, I thought was a, a pretty good one to open it up. I just want to touch on the third jerseys. You know, I talked about the jerseys last episode, but I think, um, you know, just being able to see those third jerseys um, in action, because they obviously didn't wear them during preseason at all. But uh, I I think just being able to see them in person and with the full uniform, the brown and and then the cream color um, predominantly on the jersey, um, you know, finished with the the brown lining as well. I mean, my and the brown helmets, too. I just think that worked so well there those jerseys are so crisp they're so clean um and on the ice i mean my god they look amazing and i can only imagine what they look like in person but um man on on tv that looked un unbelievable um i just think those those jerseys those third jerseys are gonna crush and i'm glad that they're wearing them um, you know, for all the original six games at home, I think that's, um, you know, it's a really cool touch and man, just seeing those jerseys, I might have to cop one at some point. Um, you know, might have to dig deep into the pockets and, uh, maybe get one down the line, but, uh, man, those jerseys are unbelievable. So, and, and I do see a lot of people, uh, wearing them in, in the crowd. I, I, you know, you always wonder, um, you know, which jerseys are going to be the most popular, especially when you have three that come out. And I think all three are, are, are pretty solid jerseys, but, uh, I do see a lot of people rocking the third, the third jerseys. Um, and for good reason, they are, uh, really good. And I think, um, they just look so crisp and clean on the ice. It's, uh, the, the whole getup in general from the from the shorts to the helmet to the glove um you know the gloves and um you know just everything about them are are unbelievable top notch top class so um they look great they look great but um getting into the game you know as i mentioned to start the uh to start the episode you know it was <laughs> you couldn't turn you know, no matter what channel you're watching, I mean, it was TNT or you flip to uh, if you're watching ESPN the night before, um, you know, or, you know, throughout this whole week, um, you know, any broadcast, any NHL um, content that you consume is probably going to talk about Connor Bedard at some point. And for good reason. I mean, he, you know, the kid is very special um, and I know he's going to have, um, you know, a hell of a career. 
Um, you know, we haven't, um, you know, had this much hype around a player since obviously, you know, uh, Connor McDavid when he entered the league and, you know, even Austin Matthews as well. But um, I think Bedard is, you know, he compares more to a, a, a Connor McDavid. Um, so, I mean, we really haven't had this much hype in, you know, in a, in a few years, um, you know, about a player. So I understand that there's a lot of hype, but I think um, it's kind of gotten a little crazy and maybe it's gotten a little out of hand, but um, you know, I don't know, you guys tell me, but you know, I I think uh, it was during the Bruins game that they bleacher report. They may have done this the night before against uh, Pittsburgh too, but I know um, against the Bruins, I think the TNT broadcast had mentioned that bleacher report was doing a stream with a, with a lot with a live ISO cam uh, focused on Connor Bedard, which I thought was a little bit uh, a little crazy. And I think it's a little bit um, maybe it's just a little bit much. Um, It's, it's crazy. Like how much pressure that they put on, um, you know, these kids nowadays, especially when you're a number one pick and you have as much hype as you do around, um, you know, Connor Bedard and, you know, you have, you, you have as, as much hype as you do around yourself. And I don't even remember them doing this with Crosby, like the way they they're doing it with Bedard now, or even McDavid or Matthews. Um, I, I seriously don't remember them having this much, like, I know the hype was crazy about, it. I'm not, I'm not saying that the hype wasn't crazy. The hype was for those guys, but I feel like it's gotten into like maybe a, another level where, you know, they're having these, you know, streams that are, have the ISO cams on Bedard and everything is Bedard, Bedard, Bedard. And no matter, I mean, you're, you're watching, you could be watching like, you know, Vegas, Seattle. And at some point, you know, they, they mentioned Bedard and he's not even playing in the game and everything is so Bedard focused now. Um, that I think it's getting a little crazy. And I think they even asked, um, I saw something today that uh, on Twitter, I think it was that, um, you know, they had, they were talking to Taylor Hall and, you know, they've been kind of picking these first round, first overall picks brains of, you know, how, what was the media hype? How did you deal with everything coming in all, all the attention surrounding you? And I think, um, you know, Taylor Hall had mentioned something that, you know, he's, he feels like Bedard's handled it pretty well. And, um, you know, but, you know, at, at the same point, he, you know, he, you know, even admitted it was kind of getting a little ridiculous, you know, the amount of attention and the amount of pressure that they're putting on a kid like Connor uh, Bedard. So I think at some point the media has got to tone it down. Maybe it's just, you know, ESPN's new with the NHL, you know, picking it back up. So I think, and even TNT, you know, so maybe they're, they're trying to get, new fans attention or they're trying to attract people to the sport. And, you know, that's why they're pumping out Bedard, Bedard, Bedard every, you know, no matter where you go and no matter where you're watching um, maybe, I maybe that's part of it. And I get it. You know, they do the same thing with, you know, LeBron and um, you know, you hear about LeBron, no matter where you, you go on ESPN. And I think maybe they're doing the same, a similar thing with Connor Bedard and I get it, you know, it might be something where you're trying to get, uh, you know, fans attention and, you know, you're trying to, uh, you know, get new fans into the game. And, you know, because you did make a, you know, big investment in the, you know, in the NHL and, you know, having their, those broadcasting rights that, of course, you want people to be fans and you want to draw attention to the sport. And, 
you want more eyes, you know, on the NHL um, because like you did invest so much money into, into those broadcasting rights. But I don't know. I think it's gotten a little bit ridiculous, um, you know, with Bedard. I, you know, I feel like every time I'm on the NHL app or I'm on, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter. It, it, that's all you see, you know, and, and there's so much more than, uh, than just Connor Bedard, but you know, I, I guess I get it in, in, in a sense, you know, you, you want to pump out, you know, your, your new star. So, um, but I, but I think they could probably tone it down a little bit and, you know, they would, they could still get attention and they could still get eyes on the sport, but you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, it could be just something that, you know, it's new and maybe after, you know, uh, a month or two, you know, maybe that, that, <laughs> that hype dies down as uh, we get deeper into the season. But, um, you know, Connor Bedard, obviously, you know, has, has been amazing. Um, you know, I think he's gotten three points in, in three games here. So, um, you know, he's getting off to a, to a good start. He uh, unfortunately did score his first NHL goal at the expense of the Bruins. Um, so uh, Linus Allmark will, uh, forever be on uh, Connor Bedard's highlight reel. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, you know, it had to happen against the Bruins. And um, it was funny enough, you know, they I know night one Bedard and, and Crosby, uh, you know, they had their, uh, you know, whole interview and, you know, Bedard being a big Crosby fan growing up. And, uh, you know, they had that big interview before the game and, you know, just kind of talking to each other about, you know, what it's going to be like, uh, you know, in the NHL and, you know, Crosby, obviously, um, you know, he's no stranger to the attention that Bedard is getting. So um, it was just funny how uh, Crosby scored his getting to the points, just funny how Crosby, um, you know, had scored his first NHL goal against the Bruins. Um, and then you have Connor Bedard scoring his first NHL goal against the Bruins as well. So um, it's funny that way, um, you know, how that played out. So, I mean, but Bedard scoring his first goal, amazing goal. I mean, watching him play that entire game was great. I mean, I feel every time he touched the puck, it felt like something was going to happen. And you almost have a, a, a McDavid a, a aspect to it where, um, you know, every time he touches the puck, you know, it, you just feel like he's going to create some kind of opportunity. Um, and that's how I felt watching him, you know, against the Bruins, um, you know, on Wednesday night, I thought it was one of those things where every time he was on the ice, something happened, something was created, some type of opportunity for the, for the Blackhawks. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it, it was really amazing being able to watch him. The kid is super talented and you saw it on his first goal, a nice, uh, wraparound by, um, by Bedard and, and sneaking it past Allmark. Um, but the skill on that goal to be able to just take that puck in, in such a tight space behind the net and, and get that wraparound just right where you squeeze it past all Mark's pad, that takes a damn, that takes a damn crazy amount of skill uh, to be able to do that. Not everybody can do that. Maybe only a handful of guys in the league can really pull that off. You have to be, you know, it's kind of this new generation of player where it's a lot of skill focused and um, you know, these kids coming up now, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, their game is almost entirely skill-based. Um, you know, you think about, you know, Bedard, McDavid, um, you know, McDavid's, you know, <laughs> getting, getting more to the, uh, the older side entering his prime right now. But, um, you know, compared to, you know, Bedard and, and Zegers, the, the younger, um, new blood coming into the league, but, 
yeah, those Zegers types, Bedard types, um, maybe McKinnon. You could probably throw McKinnon in there and, and McDavid, but the, these guys are unbelievable uh, talents, and they're probably some of the only guys that can actually pull that move off um, just because you have to have – your skill level has to be off the charts to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that um, you know that goal was amazing. And he's going to score uh, many more goals uh, in the NHL. You can clearly tell. Um, hopefully not against the Bruins, but uh, you know, there. Either way, he'll 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 score a ton more in this league. He's uh, no doubt about that. He's just super skilled, and you saw it. And you, you know, you saw it during uh, Game One against uh, or Game Boston's Game One against Chicago. You were able to see that skill. Uh, getting to the Bruins. Um, I thought they played well in game one. You know, I, I thought they were, um, you know, uh, throughout their lineup, um, they had a lot of positives. Um, one being the fourth line of Lucic, Beecher, and Lauko. I thought they were one, they were probably the Bruins' best line in that game, I thought. I mean, they were really, really good together. Um, you could see sort of chem- some chemistry developing between the three of them, which I thought was really good to see. Um, a lot of positives from that line. Um, most notably, uh, Beecher, you know, he's, he's the rookie on that line. He's the one that, you know, doesn't have an NHL experience, um, really. And, and, and he was able to step in as that fourth line center and provide a lot of energy on that line. Um, you know, he, he uses his speed. He's a big, he's a bigger guy too. Um, so I, I thought he was really able to drive that line really well, um, you know, create opportunity, um, you know, when they were in the offensive zone, you know, getting pressure on the defenseman. Um, but I thought Johnny Beecher was really, really good. And he was able to really drive that, that fourth line, which I thought was, was great. Um, and then on the other hand, you had Lauko, uh, on the wing and, you know, he was able to, you know, can continue to impress you know I, I liked what his game what it, where his game was at last year um and then this year was um you know right kind of right where he left off um the regular season last year um you know using his speed um, not afraid to be physical um you know and just you know again driving helping drive that line um you know that's a there's a common theme with that line is you know they're very in your face um, which is great. And that's what you want. And that's what, uh, that's what you want out of a fourth line. And I think, um, you know, Beecher and Lauko did a, a hell of a job. Um, and again, yeah, Lauko using his speed again, you know, I think his, his skill level, I think is a little underrated, um, you know, because he's been playing, you know, bottom six minutes, but man, he can fly out there and he can use his speed and he's a strong kid. Um, and I thought he showed that against Chicago night one. I thought that, that was, um, you know, he, he was able to really use his speed, um, you know, and, and create and help create offensive opportunity on that fourth line, as well as provide a physical presence, which he can, um, which I think is underrated as well is his, his uh, ability to be physical is, um, is something that's, you know, uh, again, that's very underrated in his game, I, I think, um, so I liked what I saw from him uh, night one. Um, touching back on Beecher too, dropping the mitts towards the end of the game. You know, had a had a hit that um, you know was deserving of of the call that he got. Um, but I, I really liked what I you know seeing him jump in 
and in being able to uh you know, fight and answer the bell for that hit. I loved seeing that. And um, I loved seeing him, you know, stand up for himself, not afraid, take ownership of, of the play that he had made there and, um, and, and drop the gloves, um, you know, against an, an NHL guy. So um, I really liked what I saw from him. I loved that uh, specifically that fight. And I think a lot of his teammates did, and I'm sure his line mate, uh, Milan Lucic, who is uh, no stranger to, you know, getting dirty, getting, uh, you know, dropping the gloves. So I think, um, you know, I think his teammates definitely appreciated that. And um, I think that goes a long way um, in the locker room when you're able to do that, especially as a, you know, a young kid like Johnny Beach, your first round pick, um, you know, not really known for that physicality, but uh, the fact that he was able to show that he has that snarl in him and, you know, he's not afraid to stand up for himself and, um, you know, drop the gloves, I think is going to go a long way, especially when you're filling that fourth line role for the Bruins. Right. So uh, kudos to him. I really liked, uh, you know, liked his game a, a lot night one. Um, and then that third guy, um, obviously Lou Cheech, um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, in his first game back as a Bruin, um, I thought he looked very energized. Um, you know, I, I, I know, people the last, you know, handful of years or so when he was in Calgary and Edmonton and uh, not so much in LA because it was right after Boston, but um, you know, some of those Edmonton years and and the Calgary years as well. um, You know, a a lot of the story with Lucic was, you know, he was slowing down and, you know, he was, the game was too fast for him and he wasn't able to keep up. Um, You know, I I thought, you know, like I mentioned before in, in episode one, um, you know, he had mentioned in in interviews that he was doing throughout the offseason that, um, you know, he felt rejuvenated going to world championships uh, for Canada last season. And it was something that he thinks really uh, rejuvenated himself and, and almost revived him in a way um, that he fell in love with the game again. And he was very eager to continue to play. He feels like he has a lot of gas in the tank. And I think you saw that against Chicago. Um, you know, I, I he, he was able to play a, a a really solid game and he and he he looked exactly like he said he looked rejuvenated he looked energized he looked ready to play um he didn't really look slow at all i didn't think um you know i, I thought he was able to really he was able to move his feet use his physicality um and then he made a hell of a play to uh to david Pasternak on 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 pasta's goal um you know, that, that beat, uh, Soderblom. And I thought he, uh, he, he looked, you know, that, that play specifically was great. Cause it's like, Whoa, Whoa. Do we have playmaker Milan Lucic on this team? Do we have 2011 Lucic on this team? That's kind of what he looked like. Honestly, he really, he, he looked so rejuvenated that it was like, wow, this is like Lucic from 10 years ago. Um, you know, this is Lu- This is you know the same Lucic that went on that long cup run with Boston in 2011, scored 30 goals. You know, he he looks exactly like that guy. And I thought that you know that that's what he looked like. You know, against you know against Chicago, he he looked really good. He looked very arrived. He looked like he was so happy to be there. And and then you have the uh, you know when he made that play and and Pasta buried that goal. You know, Pasta goes you know welcome back, welcome back. That was pretty, uh, that was pretty cool to, to hear. Um, 
you know, uh, when Lucic was mic'd up, you're able to hear that. And uh, that was really cool. And I think everybody was just so happy to see Lucic back in a, uh, in a Bruins Jersey uh, for a regular season game um, at the garden um, against an original six opponent. I think it was just the perfect storm uh, of everything that could happen. And the way it lined up was amazing. And he certainly delivered night one. I thought he looked fantastic. Um, you know, and he, he looked like that, uh, that old Lucic uh, that we know from, um, you know, his, his very successful years in Boston. So I was very impressed um, with him uh, night one. Um, the power play struggled a little bit, um, you know, I feel like they struggled to get shots off and the rhythm was a little bit off. I don't know if that's just maybe the rust getting the rust shaken off, or maybe that's, you know, that, that first real game action with, you know, the full roster together, um, you know, night one um, of the season, maybe that's just something that they're just kind of getting comfortable with each other. And, you know, it's a new look power play. There's no Bergeron on the bumper anymore. There's no Krejci. Um, so it, it, you know, now you have, you know, Zaka on that first unit and, you know, it's, it's a, it, it's a little different, you know, you have uh JVR as well there and, you know, there's some new blood on, on this power play and on this, you know, in this lineup in general, but specifically the power play. Yeah. When you ha- don't have guys like Bergeron on the bumper anymore, you don't have guys like Krejci, um, you know, helping out playing the point or playing the half wall. Um, it, it's tough. You know, I, I'm sure it's, it's, it's very tough to kind of get in the rhythm again. Um, you know, w- get that power play clicking. And, um, you know, I thought you saw a little bit of rust on that power play. It was, it wasn't great. Um, but I think it, uh, you know, it's something that's going to improve as, as time goes on. And as, you know, they play, uh, you know, some games here and, and kind of really get their feet wet, uh, you know, for the season. And, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, something that will improve, um, for sure. But you did see some rust, um, night one in the power play. So that was something that, um, you know, I think obviously, um, you know, without having Bergeron and Krejci, it's definitely different. And, um, you know, it's something that I'm sure they'll improve, they'll improve on going forward. And, um, you know, we'll look into, you know, kind of keep our eyes peeled on the power play, um, you know, as we get, uh, you know, deeper and deeper into the season. Um, Trent Frederick, uh, one guy I really, uh, liked as well. I thought he, um, also played a, a really good game, was able to get that, uh, that deflection in front on the Carlos shot to, uh, open up the scoring for the Bruins. Um, you know, first goal, of the Bruins, uh, season, uh, who had Trent Frederick raise your hand if you had him. Um, uh, but he, he looked, uh, he looked sharp. Um, you know, I thought he was moving his feet. He was able to, uh, you know, get some chances, create some chances in the offensive zone, um, even playing, uh, you know, a little bit of penalty kill mil- minutes, I believe as well. Um, so, you know, he looked, he looked sharp night one and um, I'm I'm really glad for him getting that, uh, getting that first one and uh, open up the scoring because I think, um, you know, I, I think he could have a really big season this year. And I think he definitely uh, wants to have a, a big season and really uh, build off of the year that he had last year, because remember last year he came in, um, you know, I, I wasn't too sure about what you could expect from Trent Frederick, but he had a, again, very solid season. I think he ended with 17 goals. Um, so I think this is something that he's going to want to improve on again and, um, you know, maybe try for that 20 goal mark, 
um, or at least that 15 goal mark for sure is, is what he's going to be aiming for. So it was nice to see him get that first one night one. So I'm really happy for, uh, for Freddie. Um, and I think he's, a, he can be a real difference maker for this team. You know, when he, when he's going, um, you know, he, he can really make a difference on that bottom, that bottom six. So, um, nice to see him get on the board early. Uh, you also had, uh, David Pasternak, uh, with a couple of goals, I mean, pasta scoring is the sky blue. Um, you know, it, it's just something that's, you know, it, it's just natural. A guy that that's skilled, um, and, and had the year that he did last year with, you know, 62 goals. Um, it's automatic for him. It almost feels, it's just every time he has the puck on a stick and he has that shot opportunity, it just feels like it's going to go in. Um, you know, that's how much skill that he has and, and that's how dangerous he is with the puck on his stick. It's crazy when you think about it. He was a first rounder, but he didn't go till pick 25, 24, 25. He didn't, you know, it's crazy that he went late first round. You know, I think, um, you know, he had dealt with an injury. I think it was, uh, he had a concussion issue, um, the year, his draft year. And, and that's what kind of slotted him down in the first round, but my God, what a talent, and and to go 25th overall in the first round of your draft and and be a 60 goal scorer already in this league and you know be a superstar in this league my god i mean it, it's it's so nice having a guy like david posternock on your team because the guy is a offensive threat every time he's on the ice every time he you know he has the puck on a stick in the offensive zone every time he's lining up for uh for a one timer um you know on on a power play uh, at this at the faceoff dot it just feels like it's going in and it feels like he's going to score and that's what makes him such a threat um, offensively. So again, pasta with two goals, nice to see him right off the bat, um, get a couple. So, um, you know, I'm expecting another big season for, from David Pasternak. And now he is, you know, he's got that full-time a, so he is a leader on this team and he's going to be expected to, uh, you know, again, provide, uh, for this team offensively. Um, and then last, last point of that game, uh, Matt Patra, uh, got his first career assist, first career point, um, I thought he looked really, really good on that, um, you know, on, in his first game, he was able to see it with Matt Patra. It, it you, you, every time he has the puck, especially in the offensive zone, it feels like he's going to be able to create something. His vision is really, really great for a kid that's only 19 years old. It's amazing. The vision, the offensive instinct that this guy has. Um, and especially, you know, game one against his first game against, you know, a full NHL roster. And he was still really able to provide that offensive flair. Um, my biggest thing was him being able to win puck battles. And, and I'll, it's the same thing against Nashville on Saturday. It's his ability to win puck battles, those 50, 50 battles, those board battles. And he's, a, he's a kid that's on the smaller side, you know, compared to these big NHL defensemen, NHL wings that he's going up against. Um, the way, you know, him being able to win battles along the boards is huge. It's going to be huge for, you know, these first nine games, you know, when Sweeney and upper management is still making that decision of whether or not they want to keep them in the lineup going forward. Um, you know, him being able to show those strengths, being able to win board battles, being able to create offensive opportunities, um, you know, and being able to show that vision that he has on the ice and that flair, 
it's going to go a long way into him staying on this team going forward. Um, you know, through these first nine games, you know, this trial run that he has here, um, you know, early this season in, in being able to, um, you know, being able to show that and show he can do that at the NHL level is going to go a long way. So again, I thought he had a very, very solid game in, in game one, um, you know, and, you know, I, I think he's, he's, I think he's well on his way to, you know, earning his spot on this team and, um, you know, beyond the nine games um, that he has to start the year. I think he's, um, you know, I think through, through that first game, but th- certainly through both games, I think he's, um, you know, well on his way to earning his uh, earning his keep um, on this team, if you will. So um, again, loved what I saw from him, from Matt Potra. I thought he, uh, you know, again, a hell of a game in, in game one and a great NHL debut. And he's credited, um, you know, with that first NHL assist and that first NHL point. So shout out to him. Um, and then again, we got the, uh, the, the Nashville game, the Saturday game. Now this one was just wild from the beginning. Um, you know, you had a little bit of a slow start, um, from the Bruins on Saturday night, right off the bat. Um, it kind of took them a little bit of time to get the goal scored on them, um, early. And then it, it seemed like halfway through that first period, late into that first period, they were able to turn their game around. And, um, you know, they were able to, uh, to get on the board, tie the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, a little bit of a slow start, uh, you know, uh, to start this one. Um, and then they were able to pick up their game, you know, ha- midway to late in the first period, you saw them, uh, really pick it up. I thought specifically, um, that last two minutes of the first period, I thought, um, Freddie, uh, Trent Frederick, uh, Matt Potra and Morgan Geeky had a really good, um, you had a really good offensive zone, um, shift there to really help change the momentum. Um, you know, you saw all three of them really work. Um, again, the board battles were huge in, um, in that game, uh, in that shift specifically, um, you know, the, the board battles and the way they were able to keep the puck in the offensive zone, um, you know, in that last, you know, two minutes of the period, uh, was huge. It was a real momentum shifter. And I think it was just something that they built on or they built off of, of game one against Chicago. You know, I think, um, again, turning it in into a, another solid performance against Nashville, um, you know, that third line is going to be huge. Um, and I think they showed it against Nashville where it was, um, you, you know, they were able to really, um, you know, build upon game one um, and, and show that, um, you know, they do have some chemistry. I, I love the chemistry that this line is starting to form through two games um, with uh, Frederick pa- uh, Patra and, and, and uh, Geeky, you know, Geeky's still, I think, finding his game. Um, you know, he's been a little bit quiet, um, I think he's still, you know, maybe getting comfortable here and, um, you know, trying to find his way on that line and on this lineup. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as him, he's been, he's been a little bit quiet, but, um, you know, he's, he, I think he's still been able to mesh well on that third line. Um, you know, the guys that have been, you know, really loud and, 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 and have that flair on that line has been Potter and, and Trent Frederick through two games, but, um, you know, geeky still looking for his game, but, uh, you know, I thought they had a hell of, uh, uh, a hell of a game too, as well. Um, so I think they've, uh, you know, they've really, um, you know, shined through their first two games. Then the penalties happened. This was a common theme in this one penalties upon penalties upon penalties. The (laughs) through two periods, 
it was so crazy because Nesson Nesson has showed a graphic about uh, the time on ice um, from some of these Bruins players. And it was Carlo, I think, had like over six minutes of shorthanded time on ice through two periods. Uh, McAvoy, I think, had over like five and a half minutes of shorthanded time. And um, it, it, it Forbert had, I think, over like four or five, four or five minutes of, of PK uh, time through two periods, which is ridiculous. Um, but the big, the big, uh, the big kill in this one was that second period of like four minutes in, um, Lauko goes off for a high stick. That's four minutes on Yossi. Um, and the Bruins are able to kill, uh, have an excellent, excellent four minute kill. This penalty kill was probably as good a kill as you can get as, as good, as close to perfection um, as you can get from a penalty kill, um, four minutes. I mean, the way they were able to, you know, block shots, get the puck deep, not really allow Nashville for any real, um, you know, any real grade A chances on, on that power play was amazing. Uh, a big credit to Jeremy Swayman. Um, he made a couple of really big saves, um, you know, to keep Nashville off the board. Uh, and I thought he looked excellent, um, not only on that penalty kill, but in general throughout the game, um, I thought he looked really good. Uh, you know, that, you know, that goal, uh, that Sisson's goal that, that got deflected. I think that was Sisson's second goal. Not much you can do about that, but, um, you know, I, I thought altogether he put together a really solid game, 33 saves, um, you know, you just love to see the way um, that he was able to to play, um, you know, in, in his first game of the year. So, um, yeah, big, big game from Jeremy Swayman. And he was a big part of that penalty kill. But my God, that penalty kill, it's a real momentum shifter when you're able to use something like that. We're able to kill off uh, four, uh, four minute power play. Um, you know, that's huge. And, and altogether, it was uh, an amazing kill. Um, and it, it was, it was a clinic. I mean, it was great to see when you're watching that game, you see them, the way they kill that penalty blocking shots, getting pucks, getting the puck deep. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing, um, you know, an amazing display of, 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 of defensive hockey. Um, Claude Julian would be proud. Um, if he was watching Claude Julian would be proud of, uh, of the way they kill that penalty for sure. Um, so a great kill, um, and going seven for seven on the penalty kill was unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I've never seen uh, a Bruins, I mean, it feels like you've never seen it happen before that, that well, that they were, the penalty kill was clicking that, that well for this team, um, on Saturday night. It was, it was amazing to see. So that, that was a huge reason they won that game because, um, you know, if Nashville gets, uh, you know, a cup, one or two goals, you know, uh, you know, if their power play even, you know, gets one or two goals on, on through seven opportunities, I mean, it could be a whole nother game and you could be talking about a loss right now, but uh big shout out to the penalty kill hell of a game uh, for them. Uh, and, and then when the Bruins get on the board, it's uh, none other than <laughs> JVR JVR gets uh, JVR gets two goals. Um, in this game, and it, 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 those goals are very JVR goals. James Van Riemsdyk, a, a huge game for him. His first game was, like I said, about as JVR a goal as you can get. 
um, just greasy in front of the net, throws the puck in front of the net, bounces off the uh, Dante Fabro's leg and in, um, in past Soros. And um, I mean, that that's just, <laughs> that's what JVR is brought in to do. That's what Don Sweeney brought him in to do. He's a veteran presence. He's a bigger body gets in front of the net, especially on the power play, plays that net front presence, able to tip pucks, um, get those greasy goals. That's what he's done his entire career. And that's exactly what he, what he did on Saturday night. Again, um, you know, a typical JVR type game, typical JVR type goals, both goals, not only his first one that goes off Dante Fabro's leg and in, but also his second goal where he was able to uh, tip a shot past Saros again, just the, the hand-eye coordination that he showed on that second goal as well was unbelievable, but that's just typical JVR. Um, you know, he he's a guy that I, before this season, figured, you know, he could get somewhere between 25 and 30 goals. Um, I think that's very doable for a guy like him, especially when you're going to get goals like that, you know. Um, just the amount of the amount of time he spends in front of the net and 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 playing that position on the power play. Um, you know, who's to say he can't net? you know, 25 goals this year and have, you know, a decent amount of them come from right in front of the net. Um, Cause that's just what he does. And uh, he executed that to a perfection on Saturday. So um, shout out to JVR. You love, um, he had a little bit of a slower game against Chicago. Um, didn't really notice him too much. And I know there was fans on Twitter that were already bitching and moaning about, Oh, JVR, he's old. Oh, uh, Don Sweeney goes and signs a 35 year old, uh, you know, he's past his prime, he's, you know, washed, he's this, he's that. And, you know, listen, I don't think any Bruins fan in their right mind is thinking, okay, this is the JVR that we saw in his early Philly days, or even his Toronto days. Like this is a the same JVR, obviously. I mean, it, it's, it's the same guys, it's JVR, but he's not, you know, He's now 35 and maybe, yeah, he's a little slower, but you know, he didn't come on this team to create speed and fly around the ice and, you know, go bar down on, you know, 30 goals a year. You know, he came in to play that veteran role, go, you know, in front of the net on the power play, tip pucks in, get greasy goals like he did on his first one. That's what he's brought in to do. Um, you know, he's not brought in to be a flashy player. Um, and I, I love having JVR on this team. I love the signing. I thought it was a, a, a really smart signing by Don Sweeney. Again, you know, like I mentioned last episode, the theme of, you know, this off season was to sign these veteran guys to low, um, you know, minimum, uh, year deals on low money. Uh, you know, these one year, $1 million type deals. And that's what he did with JVR. That's what he did with Shattenkirk. And, you know, this is, this is how it's done. This is, uh, uh, you know, Don Sweeney executed it perfectly. And, you know, it starts paying dividends on, you know, this weekend with JVR net and two, and maybe this starts to spark him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a heck of a performance by JVR. I was very happy to see him score two. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to also see what he's able to do going forward. So um, shout out to James Van Riemsdyk for, um, you know, the, uh, the game that he had, and it was really great to see him get his first two as a Bruin. Um, and then again, an, another guy that I thought was really good and had a solid game, and even through through two games, you know, has been Pavel Zaka. And you know, you know, 
he's the guy and him and coil, um, you know, but specifically him, you know, he's the newer guy on, on this team. And, um, you know, he really came in last year after having a, you know, a not so great career in New Jersey, never really got, uh, you know, developed with the devils and, uh, the way he was able to, um, you know, play last year and, you know, really show that, you know, playing majority wing, but also played center, which is his more natural position. Um, you know, he was drafted as a center and, you know, he, he's played majority, uh, center, his, his, his career and, and grow, uh, not his career, but growing up, um, you know, he was, you know, just brought up as a natural center, um, and being able to see him flourish, not only last year, but through these first two games this year, um, I thought he's looked good. And, and if he can keep up the way he's going, I think he's going to have a really great year. The points are going to come. Obviously, he didn't, he hasn't, you know, he didn't get on the score sheet Saturday, but, um, you know, I think a lot of the little plays um, that he was able, the little plays that he was able to make, um, you know, really went a long way. He was a huge part of the penalty kill. Um, you know, he, he, he's been able to win faceoffs through, for, through his two games here. So that's a big plus. And, you know, I, I really liked what I've seen from Pavel Zaka, you know, obviously it's not uh flashy, but it's effective. Um, and that's what he's, that's what he's been able to do. You know, he's, he's been extremely effective, uh, through two games and he's helped in a lot of the areas that the Bruins need help in. Um, you know, like I said, the penalty kill, there is no more Bergeron in the penalty kill. You know, there is no more Krejci. Um, so guys like Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle, um, you know, th- those centers are really going to have to step up and this is their time to to do so. And I think Pavel Zaka really did a great job of, of that, um, you know, through two, through this, these first two games, he showed, you know, those strides, um, you know, to be able to take on those responsibilities from those two guys that, you know, that are now, uh, you know, now retired. So I thought he looked, he looked really good. I thought he looked good night one, but I thought he looked even better night two um, against Nashville. So, um, you know, I think, you know, if he keeps going the way he is right now, there's no reason why, you know, he can't, you know, the numbers are going to come, but there's no reason why he can't be a difference maker on this team and he can't fill the void. Um, I mean, no one's no one's Patrice Bergeron or, or David Krejci besides Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, but there's no reason why Pavel Zaka can't make can't make a difference on this team and can't fill the void, um, you know, up the middle. So I, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do as the season goes along. But uh, so far, I think it's been a positive sign um, from Zaka, and I and I really really liked what he did against Nashville. Um, I thought he was really good. And then uh, just the last point on uh, going back to Jeremy Swayman. I mean, his numbers against Nashville are pretty ridiculous. So those two goals, um, those two Colton Sisson goals on on Saturday were actually the first two goals he's ever allowed against Nashville. So before, uh, you know, before Saturday, he was two and zero against Nashville, and he had never allowed a goal. He had two shutouts. Um, and then he allowed two on Saturday, um, but his career stats against Nashville are now he's 3-0-0. He's got a 9-8-1 save percentage and a .67 goals against average in two shutouts. Um, that is pretty ridiculous. Um, that is, I feel like, is not something you see very often, especially a goalie like uh, Jeremy Swayman. That's a, a newer player in the NHL. 
um, and he's a younger goalie. I, I, he's had a tremendous amount of success against Nashville. Um, so I thought that was just pretty wild that his stats are that good against Nashville. Who's got some good, he's got, they have some good pieces um, on that team. I mean, they're a little bit of a rebuilding team, but they got a, they, they got some, some good players um, that can for sure put the puck in the net, but uh, you know, shout out to Jeremy Swayman for, uh, for his stats against, uh, against Nashville. I think, um, you know, th- those are, some pretty, pretty impressive numbers, um, to put up, uh, against an NHL team. So my God, that was, that was amazing. Um, so yeah, wrapping up those two games, um, the Bruins are now two Oh and Oh, uh, four points on the year. Um, you just love to see it. Oh, I would be remiss as if I didn't, uh, talk about, uh, David Pasternak and his, uh, penalty shot goal against UC Saros. I mean, my God, you, again, it goes back to what I, to what I talked about earlier and the way, the amount of skill that this guy has, not many players could score the goal that he did on Saturday. Not many guys can do that. And I I was listening to morning brew earlier today and, you know, they were talking about how pasta, um, you know, he, has this technique where he keeps the, you know, they even had talked about it last year too. And I think they did almost a a demonstration and, you know, they, they had some video on exactly what he does and how he's able to, to have the puck on the toe, almost really on the toe of his stick. And just, it's almost a flick, but kind of like, um, it's almost like flicking like a rubber band and the way he's able to release that puck and, and, and corral the puck on the toe of his stick and then just snap it and just fling it and, and, and up up under the uh, up under the bar right over UC Saros's glove I mean the the amount of skill that it takes to do that and Swayman even said after the game that he does that in practice and he's like you just you, you, there's, there's nothing you can do as a goalie um he said he scores every time he's he's pretty good he was like, he's pretty, uh, you know, he, he's pretty good. Um, a guy like that is just so much talent and, and, and the way he's able to do that is unbelievable. So, um, if Swayman, he, he's taken his fair, uh, uh, his fair share of those shots, uh, in practice. So, um, you know, it's just, I really, you got to tip your cap if you're a goalie at that point and say, listen, Hey, that's a hell of a shot. That's a hell of a play. You just made, there's not much I can do about that. So, We'll get you next time, but uh, I mean, the amount of skill that takes and the celebration of him skating, uh, I mean, it was just set up perfectly, scores the penalty shot, and then he just puts up his uh, his arms just saying, let's go, let's go, you know, to the crowd. And uh, the, the, fo- the the photo that came after of, of that shot of him just with his arms up to the crowd, like saying, let's go, um, was just an amazing picture. I mean, that's, uh, that is superstar status right there. And, uh, David Pasternak is a superstar and I am very glad that he is on my Boston Bruins. Um, that's a fact. Um, so what an amazing, amazing game just in general, I thought was an amazing game on Saturday. The atmosphere at the garden looked unbelievable. Um, and and it was no shortage of there was no shortage of entertainment uh as well so 
Um, just an overall solid game. So that wraps up the first two games for the Bruins season. They are now on the road, a little West Coast swing uh, for the Bruins. They got uh, three games coming up in California against San Jose, LA, and Anaheim. And then they go to Chicago a couple of nights later uh, to wrap up a four-game road trip. But Listen, I love a good early season road trip. Um, I think it's really good for the team, especially this year where they got some new players. Um, you know, they got some younger guys, just some new guys in the lineup, JVR, Shattenkirk, Patra, Beecher. Um, you know, they they got some some new guys um that came into this to this lineup. So I think it's great for them to to go on the road early, kind of build that team camaraderie. I think it's really good to do that. Um, and also, you know. They got some, uh, you know, they're able to get some, uh, they should be able to string along some wins. I think through four games, I think they very easily uh, should, I think they definitely should win three out of these four games. I, I, I don't think there's any reason why they can't do that. I don't think there's any reason why they can't go out and, and win uh, three out of four. You know, I think San Jose is a winnable game. Anaheim is a winnable game. And Chicago, again, is a winnable game. Um, the one that I think is going to give them probably the most difficulty is LA. Um, you know, they are, LA is a team that has been picked to, uh, you know, finish in the top three in their division. Um, you know, they, they, they had a really good season last year. They got some really good talented players on that lineup. Um, so I think LA is probably going to give them the most difficult matchup, but again, it's the West coast road trip. Um, you know, it's the West coast, California road trip. So there's anything can happen really, but I think if you're the Bruins, I think, you know, three out of four is very doable and uh, that's what I would expect them to do. And I think, um, I think it's, you know, again, it's, it's doable to do, um, you know, given the teams that you're playing, you know, these are teams that are, are going to finish in the bottom part of the league, um, you know, aside from LA. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here um, for the Bruins to uh, get some bank, some early points. So um Again, I'm looking forward to it. I am a little bit of a sicko in the way that I actually do like some West Coast games. Um, I don't mind staying up a little bit for them. I don't like myself the next morning for it um, because I don't want to get out of bed. But uh, I do enjoy staying up and, and watching those West Coast games. Um, I, I really do. The West Coast, the California trip, and the Western Can uh, Canada trip is uh, ones I, I I usually look forward to the most um, as far as the road trips go because I do you know like uh, you know staying up every every once in a while and and, and watching hockey so who doesn't you know um, so I'm looking forward to that and then uh, just before I wrap up here uh, looks like uh, Montgomery uh, was testing out some new lines at practice today and uh, let me just read them off here so it looks like they had from scott mclaughlin um from wei in boston he uh, had tweeted out the lines at practice today so they had jake debrusque pavel zaka david pasternak um on the first line marshawn patra and geeky on the second line JVR, Coyle, and Frederick on the third line. And then Lucic Beaker, Lucic Beecher, Laco on the fourth line. And then defensemen were D pairs were the same. Linho McAvoy, Grizzly Carlo, Forbert, Shattenkirk, and Ian Mitchell as the extra. And then they had Allmark and Swayman, obviously, in goal. So I don't hate these lines. I actually do like that. 
um, Marshawn or, or Patra is centered with Marshawn. And I think that's going to allow Patra to get, you know, to play with, you know, Brad Marshawn, who's an elite offensive player um, to be able to play with him. I think it's going to be a pretty good look. I think they played together actually in preseason. So it'll be nice to see them get a, a look in the regular season. And I think, um, you know, playing against the teams that they're playing against, um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to, um, you know, have some offensive zone time for Patra and see what he can really do with some elite players next to him. Um, I think Morgan Geeky on that line is just probably um, maybe to get more Morgan Geeky a little bit more involved and maybe kind of spark something from him. Like I said, he's been a little bit quiet through two games. Um, so I think putting him in the top six, um, you know, with Patra again, but, but also with Brad Marshawn gives him a little bit of a different look and maybe this can spark something for Morgan Geeky. And coming into the season, Geeky was a guy that um, could play all over the lineup. You know, he did it in Carolina. He did it in Seattle last year. He is a guy that's able to bounce around a little bit. So it's no, you know, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing different for him. You know, he's able to do that. And uh, he's a guy that even said when he got signed that, you know, he's able to play, um, you know, up in the lineup, down in the lineup, you know, wherever need, wherever he's needed, he's able to do that. So um, I do think that it's something to kind of get him going a little bit. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited for him. I know I'm excited to see him, um, you know, in that top six and see if he can uh, get something going, get something sparked. And then that third line, I do like JVR Coyle and Frederick. That's a big, big boy line right there. Um, I do like that third line a lot. I think it's going to be good. I think it could be really good for Coyle. Um, and I also think it could be, you know, good for all three of them. Like I said, it's a big line. It's a really, really big line. And I think they can all really mesh well together. That that's a, that's a puck. That is a good puck possession line. Um, and that's a guy, that's a, that's a line that can, I think really cook, um, for sure. So that's, um, that's certainly something that, uh, I'm looking forward to. And I think that third line can really, um, I think that third that third line can really make uh, make a difference. So um, yeah, I think that about wraps up episode two. Um, again, looking uh, looking much looking forward to the West Coast trip. I think it's going to be a good trip for the Bruins. It's going to be a good trip for Team Conradery, which I love. And you know, I'm able to stay up and watch a little West Coast hockey. Um, so you know, never hate that. So uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to about this trip for the Bruins. Um, I do hate that we had to wait for uh, from Saturday to Thursday for Bruins hockey. I'm not a fan of that. Um, but I am um, looking forward to this uh, to this trip. I think it's going to be a good one for the Bruins and i um, looking forward to seeing what they have, um, you know, what their game looks like uh, out West and how they're able to build on the first two games um, in Boston. So again, I think that about wraps up episode two. I will be back next week for episode three, talking about this West coast trip. So until then enjoy Bruins hockey, enjoy this West coast trip. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.